Our new sponsor at NGSC Sports is Cool Eye Cover, and as you can imagine, we are talking sunglasses. The perfect time for our sponsor is summer, as we all need those sunglasses. Our sponsor even has a great deal as an NGSC Sports partner. If you email esgmarketingsolutions at gmail.com, they will give you a 50% discount on your first pair of sunglasses. Visit www.cooleyecover.com and choose your glasses to receive the discount and email esgmarketingsolutions at gmail.com for the discount coupon. We thank Cool Eye Cover for joining NGSC Sports as our new sponsor. This show is sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things, where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Oh, go watch like the first three seasons of Arrested Development. It's fantastic. Um, Stop there. Yeah, that kind of actually. Uh, Welcome to the Foreign Affair Podcast, not Arrested Development. Um, Although sometimes we have said things that could potentially have gotten us arrested. Um, My name is Edward Green, rejoined by McCullen Crime, Wes Bradshaw. We're finally back together after our great summer in the wilderness and and a bunch of USA chanting. We are we are back. We are going to do this pod right and uh we're going to have some fun today. We're going to be talking uh maybe a little bit just since we haven't really had a chance to be together and talk about some of the summer tournaments that happened. Um we'll do the bottom 5 teams of the Premier League cuz got to get those Premier League grades in cuz we're less than a month away from this tournament next year. So This is how we roll though. Right on time as always. Uh, then we'll hit the news and notes in uh, in our little transfer corner area, and uh, so because some big transfer news coming out here, then we'll hit the watch for, uh, and maybe maybe so raw maybe. Mm, yeah, because I guess we do need to do things, but all right, yeah. very a very small so raw. Um, so that'll do it for this podcast. Um, hey, before we get started, as always, I want to thank our presenters, including NGSC Sports. At NGSCSports.com, we never stop. As well as Alicia's Pillows and Things. 
Uh, do you need, uh, what's happened recently? Um, I don't know, did anything happen this weekend in the world of sports? I don't Um, the All-Star game was last week. Oh, yeah, hey. Um, who won the Home Run Derby? I forgot. Um. Harper? No. Pete Alonzo. Yeah, if you... Uh, no, Bryce Harper had absolutely no part in any of the All-Star games. That's right. Um, hey, if you're a Mets fan... And you need something to be proud of, and and it's finally happened for you this year. Hey, celebrate Pete Alonso winning the home run derby by going to Lisey's Pills and Things and seeing if she'll get you a great Mets-like body pillow to hug. So that'll be that'll be great. You can find more deals at Lisey's Pills and Things on Facebook as well as at NGSC Sports. And Wes, we have another new sponsor since you've not been live. What? what? Wes, what what season is it? Yeah, that's right. It's summertime. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. First try. Um, and so much prep for this show. It's not funny. <laughs> and as always, um, because it's summertime, hey, you, it's bright outside. You know, we when when Wes and I are working, men, so we spend a lot of time indoors. But when we go outdoors, we want to protect our eyes. And what better place to go? CoolEyeCovers.com. They have all the latest deals for you, so go check them out at uh, CoolEyeCover.com to get your sunglasses for the summer. And lastly, hey, I've told you by now, if you don't have at least 300 Rokus in your house, you're doing something wrong, okay? You need one in the bedroom, one in the bathroom, at least three in the living room, or in the kitchen, probably, because you got to cover all those cabinets. You need these Roku TVs. And when you get them, head up the Ultimate Sports Channel. You can find them on Roku by just searching the Ultimate Sports Channel. You can also find them at ESGSportsGroup.com and on the social media at NASA Sports. <sighs> I should probably stick to the readers sometimes, but eh, whatever. Um, speaking of things that did not totally stick to script... And some things I did. Let's hit the 2018-19 Premier League season in review. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so we're going to start from the bottom, just like Drake. As we always do. This this week we're going to take the bottom five teams. And we are going to sign them letter grades. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of what these teams went through over the course of the season. Um, Wes, let's start with one of the more feel-good stories from the 2017-18 season that could not translate that success into their second year in the Premier League. That was the 20th place team, Huddersfield Town, David Wagner, gone in midseason. Um, an absolutely anemic offense, uh, just 22 goals, more than 10 off the pace of the next fewest. And then they shipped in 76 more to have the worst goal differential in the league. Not the most goals, but second worst. Um, and only won three matches all season. As in their second season, they do drop back down to the championship. And part of me wants to like give them an F because if you finish, if you're that bad over the course of an entire season, you probably deserve it. I'm going to go with a D, though. Because this team was also bad the year before and had no business staying up then. And just caught a few teams off guard. I think they beat United uh, two seasons ago. um, And got some big wins early to stay afloat. 
I think this was the more natural outcome. So kind of buoyed by that, I think we all expected this to kind of sort of happen. So I kind of hit back down into like a sort of D. Um, Wes, what do you what do you think about it though? You know, the, the way I see it is to me, if you're relegated, that's an automatic if. Okay. I mean, that is that's fair. That is the bare the bare minimum for every team in the Premier League is to find a way to stay in the Premier League for the next season. And if you can't do it, I understand financial restraints. I understand this. I understand that. But if you can't stay in the league, then you have failed. That's the bare minimum of your job is to stay in the league. So to me, the Terriers get an F. Uh, two years in the Premier League, uh, the miracle to stay up. Season one, I think we gave them a really nice grade just for staying up mm-hmm. a year ago. So this year they have to suffer the consequences. They're an F. Um, you know, when you, it was almost inevitable it was going to happen. Yeah. You know, this is a team even surviving a year in the Premier League. They did not make themselves any better hardly at all in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they didn't have quite that magic that they had the year before. And, you know, especially once they made the managerial change in midseason, you kind of knew it was it was over. Yeah. And it was going to happen. Um, I mean, guys who had good seasons the year before to keep them up, they came back down to earth. And it was just, they, they weren't, they just weren't good enough. I mean, at the end of the day, they weren't good enough. Um, it wasn't that they had, it wasn't like a ten other team will talk about Fulham where they invested a lot of money and it just kind of went to shit and just nothing happened for them. I mean, I, I really think Huddersfield were very happy to stay in the Premier League, but never had any real long-term plans. And really, when you start looking at some of the things that they're doing this summer with their transfer business, mm-hmm. It looks like this isn't going to be a team that is even really entertaining the idea of bouncing directly back to the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be a couple-year project to uh, – I think they're setting themselves up to get back into the Premier League in a few years. But I think this team, they kind of – they rode a great uh, wave to A, get themselves in the Prem, B, stay in the Prem. Mm-hmm. But that was a wave that was always going to crash, and I think they realized that, and I think they're thankful. Uh, they're just thankful for what they were able to do. Makes sense. So, uh, you know, for for the Terriers, we'll kind of say goodnight to David Wagner and his <laughs> visions, um, and, and to Huddersfield Town. We'll say goodbye for a couple seasons at least until uh, until they're going to be a real um, – story to potentially find themselves back to the Premier League. Well, and we'll have to say the same thing potentially about Fulham, and that's a team you mentioned, Wes, and that's where we'll go next here. The 19th place team in the league did finish 10 points above Huddersfield, but only one place higher. Uh, Shipped in the most goals in the Premier League with 81 allowed. That is five more than Huddersfield allowed and only put 34 in. That was second, tied for second fewest. And Wes, I think when I think of my grade for Fulham, I come back to something you said just a few minutes ago and about how, how much they spent 
in the summer and and guys they brought in like Andre Sherl and we have we talk so much about a guy like Ryan Sessegnon and I think there was actually a decent amount of optimism about Fulham and they just came in and landed flat on their faces I am I'm actually going to go a step further than what you said about if you're relegated you get an F I'm giving them an F minus this team should have been better I don't know that they could have avoided the drop. This was actually a pretty tough Premier League season. But there's no way that for the money they spent that they couldn't have done better. So I'm giving Fulham an F-. minus. Well, to that score, Ed, I can only, um, I can only you know, mention the Simpsons meme. Where, you know, <laughs> stop it, he's already dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, F minus, Jesus, that's like a few maybe really angry teachers. That I was just, I was super unimpressed by Fulham. And I, I, oh, I, yeah, and I think we both, we both had high yeah. expectations for Fulham. I yeah. think we both definitely felt, you know, they would definitely keep themselves up. And that this is a team that could do somewhat like Wolves and battle for that mid table. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it just, it didn't happen. Um, I completely agree with that F rating. I mean, if you want to talk about definitely the most underwhelming team. Yeah. Especially out of the relegated teams, but maybe in the entire Premier League, it was Fulham. You know, they had, um, you know, Alexander Mitrovic had a good season for them, the the big Serbian. Um, You know, he he scored goals for them. Um, It wouldn't... I, I don't. I can't remember if he's actually made a move this summer or not. But you, know, you figure that guy's not going to stay in the championship. He's a Premier League level striker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he did his job. There were some other guys who did their jobs, but there were just so many who didn't. And I mean, you want to talk about a piss poor defense? Mm-hmm. Oh, but then you know, you look at the midfield. You look at some of those big names that they signed. The key one, everybody, you know, everyone knows Andre Sherlock. Right. Guys won a World Cup with Germany, um, you know, played for Chelsea, has played at Wolfsburg. You figure he was going to come in and kind of boss this team, and he was going to, you know, he was going to do really big things. He sucked. He was really bad. Oh, he was bad. John Michael Sarri, who a seat an offseason before, was linked with the likes of Barcelona and Liverpool. And he ends up on a big, a pretty big money move going to Fulham, and you're like, oh, well, you know, this guy, that's going to be a great step up in class for Fulham. And he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. Um, I mean, God, I think he's gone, like, or, or maybe he's on the way out to, like, uh, Olympiacos or something. Mm-hmm. They're desperately trying to get rid of him. Um, you know, he was really poor, definitely not anywhere near a Barcelona or Liverpool-type level from that player. Uh, they were bad. Um, now that said, Fulham have some nice pieces. It, it, you know, key among them, uh, Ryan Sessegnon, mm-hmm. who may still move. I think I believe if he does make a move this summer, I think he's going to Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, I think that's kind of the feeling is if he makes a move, he's going to go to Tottenham, uh, which would be I think a really nice pickup for Spurs, mm-hmm. and I think that would be a good place for him to go to continue a his development and b getting into a big club um they um they 
debuted the youngest player to ever play in the Premier League mm-hmm. near the end of the season. Um, a at that time, I believe he had just turned sixteen. Um, Harvey Elliott, who was an upfront attacker, and um, you know, for for his for his sake, he's getting the hell out of Fulham. Uh, he looks signed, sealed, and delivered to go to Liverpool himself. Uh, to go into, you know, potentially the first team, most likely will be playing under 23s and still be at the academy. But, you know, he, he's a really highly, highly rated young English talent. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't get me wrong, I mean, Fulham had some good, young, talented players, but it's just the guys that they spent money on, mm-hmm. just so disappointing. Yeah. Just so disappointed. In, I mean, big time. You know, if, if Huddersfield, if you wanted to give Huddersfield a little bit of a feel good just because of the lack of money and the lack of investment, you could, I could see maybe giving them that D minus. Mm-hmm. But like you said, for Fulham, if an F minus was there, <laughs> then, you know, you'd throw Fulham on that F minus all day. They suck this season. Um, before we move on to our next team, I do want to mention I just looked up uh, Mitrovic. Actually, just uh, in the last little bit, signed a five-year deal with uh, Fulham. So apparently, oh, well, never mind. <laughs> let me let me make sure of that because actually, now that I'm saying that, that seems so weird. Like it looked weird at the time, but I just want to make sure. Do 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 do. Yeah, in July 2019, he signed a new five-year contract with Fulham. So that's I, I guess he's looking at it as maybe. Fulham could be a team to rebound, but I I don't know if they're good enough, especially after this kind of a disaster sort of season, and especially if they lose a guy like Sessegnon and 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 some of their young players. Right. So, right. and that's what it's going to come down to is um, you know, it, I mean, it's just going to come down to what they can consolidate. Right. Well, a team that is going to have to consolidate a little bit as they make their way back down to the championship in 18th place by just a few points missing out on safety were Cardiff. And if Fulham were the team of some big names that just abjectly failed, Cardiff was just this bland sort of white paste that painted itself across the Premier League for a season uh, to be dropped right back down to the championship. There's not a whole lot to say about Cardiff. I mean, they they were here. They weren't super bad. I, I, I know that sounds really disingenuous to say, but it didn't seem like they were they were really poor. It almost sometimes seemed like maybe, hey, maybe they can jump out of relegation a little bit. They they beat Wolves. They beat Leicester on the road. Um they beat uh, Manchester United on the last day of the season. So so there were some good moments in there for Cardiff, but just, just so many losses and, and even some like very close losses. Losing 3-2 early in the season at home to Arsenal on a late goal from Alexander Lacazette. Um, losing 3-2 at Watford. Um doing drawing Huddersfield which is just bad at home you can't do that um and then losing at Arsenal 2-1 I mean that could have been massive for them if they could have taken some points off Arsenal like so many other teams did boom gotcha again Arsenal 
But I just... Cardiff just had this very bland season, so I'm fine with giving them an F. They didn't offend me in any way when I watched them, but and I'm sure part of that, except for Neil Warnock. Neil Warnock highly offended me. Yeah, no one is more offensive than Neil Warnock, actually. Other than that, nothing about this team really offended me, but nothing really got me excited about it either. So I'll just... I'll just give them a middle of the road F and and kind of say au revoir, bluebirds. Sure. Yeah. Um. I mean, once again, as I, as I said, they're uh, they're gonna get an F. Yep. Just because you know your job was to stay up. That said, mm-hmm. if there was anyone actually out you know out of the promoted teams. I think Wolves achieved about what we thought they would. Obviously, we said Fulham massively underachieved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you would have found very many people who would have thought Cardiff were going to stay up. Mm-hmm. So, to me, the fact that they were the 18th place team and they only finished two points from safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, part of that was one of the teams was talking about coming up bright and just literally like acting like they didn't want to stay in the Premier League in the world. Uh, and also, you know, Cardiff, to their credit, they, especially late in the season, they lost some tough matches to teams that were just clearly better than them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember, I believe they gave Man City literally all they wanted. Um, did we I watch... That was a late in the season match. Did we watch them lose on a... Yeah, we watched them lose a heartbreaker to Chelsea at, at the... That was it. That, that was, was it, it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was... There were just some matches where they weren't expected to win, but they almost did. Yeah. You know, they, they had a, a good performance, and it just ended up not not going their way. And just a few points here and there, and they could have shot. Now, that would have been the shock of shocks if Cardiff had stayed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, but in the, at the end of the year, I mean, it was – it was um, – it was a season of not to be the worst moment of their season, even worse, obviously, than the relegation was the death of uh, their new signing in January, Emiliano yes. Sala, mm-hmm. uh, died in a plane crash literally on the way to sign for him. And that just, that freaking sucked. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just, I think the word of the year for Cardiff was inconsistent. Yeah. They were just too inconsistent. Um, Neil Etheridge, their keeper, had an amazing season. I mean, he was one of the standout goalkeepers of the Premier League this year. Oh, for year. sure, yeah. Um, and but you know, at the end of the day, having the having the amazing goalkeeper is great, but you got to be do something in front of him eventually. I mm-hmm. uh, Harry Arter um, was a guy they had brought over from Bournemouth, and he was supposed to really be a big boost for him. Mm-hmm. And he had a poor season on loan. Um, they, they, they just, oh, they just didn't have a lot of quality, especially up front. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I mean, they, they paid for it. You know, they paid for it at the end of the day. And um, they go back down. Uh, Neil Warnock is back where he truly belongs in the championship. <laughs> <laughs> and, and complaining the entire way. Down, oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nothing, nothing, no shock there. No, no, no. So, but you mentioned the team. 
that finished just above them. That is Brighton and Hove, the first team in safety position, 17th place. Uh, they managed to, again, finish two points ahead of Cardiff. Um, an interesting season for Brighton. As you said, Wes, they kind of fell apart towards the end of the season, didn't win a match after their March 9th uh, match at Crystal Palace where they won 2-1. Uh, they dropped matches at home to Southampton, um, lost 5-0 at home to Bournemouth, 2-0 at home to Cardiff, which could have almost been the turnaround Cardiff needed. Um, and not a whole lot of bright spots. I mean, hey, they beat Everton, so there's that, I guess. And they did get a nice 3-2 win over Manchester United uh, back in the second match of the season, back when you know they still had Mourinho, if you can imagine back that far. Um, but this Glenn Murray-led team did manage to stay up, and, should be noted, they did make a run to the FA Cup semifinals where they lost 1-0 to Manchester United on a fourth-minute goal from Jesus. So, I'm going to give them... I'm going to give them a D plus. They stay up. They made it. You know what? No, I'm going to give them a C minus for that FA Cup run. I'm going to give them a C minus. It could have been better if they hadn't ended the season so poorly. But they do stay up. They did make a run in a cup. And they'll be back next year to try again. So I will give them a C minus. Um, I can't, I can't push them into that C level. Okay, that's um, fair. Originally, I gave them a D minus. Okay. Just because of how terrible they were late in the season. Yeah. Um, but I will push them up to a D plus because of that cup run. Okay. Uh, because, you know, we are kind of taking a lot of other things into effect here. Mm-hmm. I'll, give them a, I'll give them a D plus based on the cup run. But, um... This was a season where, yes, they did their bare minimum. They survived. Mm -hmm. But I think Brighton expected more. And nothing proved that more than the fact that, yes, they stayed up and then fired Chris Hughes. Yeah, yeah. So that tells you that the ownership, the management group, was not pleased with Mm -hmm. how this season went. Um, And, you know, this has come from a team who had a good start to the season. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, and this is a group that's going to need to improve if they're going to want to hang around next year because just looking at the teams that are coming up, uh, I mean, there, there are a couple of teams coming up with the championship that we're going to expect to, you know, really have a good chance to stay up this year. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, then, okay, Bright, you're on the way back down <laughs> unless you get better. Um, <clears throat> their back line wasn't bad mm-hmm. they did well defensively considering they had really no striker and their midfield was like week to week you didn't know what you were going to get right so they can give it all up to their defense uh, matt ryan their keeper had a really good season i mean he's 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 another one <laughs> you know kind of like we just talked about with neil etheridge you know they're lower in the league but i mean these guys are you know, they're really good keepers. Mm-hmm. They're keepers that can make a lot of teams ahead of them even better. Um, so for Matt Ryan, you know, he, he did have a really good season. Lewis Dunk, Shane Duffy at the back. Uh, they they were able to provide just enough to keep Brighton up. 
But now they've brought in a new manager. Uh, as we said, they've got to they've got to find a way to improve themselves if they want to stay up for another year. So a really big start to the season coming up for Brighton to see if they have uh, if they've found some improvement. Yeah, it'll be their fourth straight season in the Premier League, and if it's and as you said, Wes, if they're not careful, it could be their last one for a little bit. Um, finally, we end tonight with the 16th place team, and that is Southampton, uh, a team that has definitely been on a, a sort of downward trajectory since they were sort of the the darling up-and-comers of the Premier League. Um, they've obviously lost a lot of parts. They Even ones we didn't think were that big, a.k.a. the Deuce, Deuce and Tadich, going to Ajax and becoming a giant killer um, as part of that great team. Um, so this team has just barely found a way to stay up. They still have guys like Nathan Redman and Shane Long and Pierre-Emile Hoiberg. Um, but after the at, uh, and they did bring in Danny Ings, I believe. Um, after that, there's not a whole lot to them. Um, had very short, uh, very short cup runs. Um, in both their cups, uh, went just a couple matches into the league cup and, uh, got knocked out in their first round of the FA cup. Um, not a whole lot of good to speak of in the Premier League. They did have a win over Spurs late on and a win over uh, Wolves in the back half, which kind of helped prop them up. And they did end the season on a good note, I guess, if you consider, Drawing three out of your final four matches a good note. But hey, they did what they needed to do to stay up. Um, I'm going to give them another... I'm going to also give them... I'm going to give them a D+. Plus. I, I think Southampton kind of needs to start figuring out what they are. I know there is some value in staying at like the bottom of the Premier League table and cashing that big broadcast contract... But at a certain point, they have to think about, do we need to just start developing the next generation of Southampton talents that will eventually be picked off by Liverpool and is a better place to potentially do that, maybe in the championship where we can win some more games and be more competitive? Or do we need to just try everything we can to continuously stay up in the Premier League and maybe hit on a few guys? Maybe we get some big transfers come in because, hey, they are still a Premier League team and that is a destination spot in the world. So it's I, I think Southampton is in a very big crossroads right now, especially with the way they're not keeping managers very well, they're not keeping players super well, and, and with a couple straight finishes in the bottom half of the table, Southampton need to refine their identity and I don't know that this season will give them many answers. As for the season that just passed, sure. I'm giving them a D. Okay. Just because they had they had a lot of upheaval during the season. Uh, they did replace their manager midway through. Mm-hmm. Um, they were extremely inconsistent. Their front three was very... Um, their front three should have should have given them a lot more than they did. Mm-hmm. Um, they were God, they were so isolated up there. It's like midfield could not connect with that front three. Um, and by the front three, I mean Shane Long, Charlie Austin, Danny Ings, that yeah. group. Um, and I don't call them a front three so much. They're, but they're your strikers. And, that, you know, they were really heavily um, 
rotated, so it, it kind of seemed like no one could ever get into a real groove out of that group. Uh, but that's also where I draw a little bit of inspiration for this coming season for them. Uh, their manager, Ralph Hassenhüter, <laughs> uh, the, the Alpine Klopp, apparently. <laughs> sure. You know, I mean, this is a guy who has some pedigree as a manager. Came from RB Leipzig, where he got them into the Champions League. Um, played some really, really good football there. Uh, was really building a nice team uh, in the Bundesliga. Um, they got him in the middle of the season. And for me, I think a lot of people found some disappointment after some nice early results. But to me, I mean, the guy inherited a team that was in a shit, a shit spot. He kept them out of, you know, he kept them out of the relegation zone. And now I think for Hasenhutl, this is a season that, okay, you know, I need to get some guys in and I need to take a step forward. They're going to know how to play my system. I'm going to see who I want, who I don't want. And we're going to have to go from there. Um, there is, uh, there's some talk out of their camp that Charlie Austin uh, is not happy uh, believe may want to move on, may want to do something, but he's been pretty much cut off from the rest of the squad at this point um, because of his demands and his attitude. So, you know, might not be seeing Charlie Austin for Southampton this year. Danny Ings now the season under his belt, a full season of playing. Uh, his loan from Liverpool has become uh, officially a sale mm-hmm. to Southampton. I'm hoping, I've always liked Danny Ings. Oh, my gosh. You know, I thought Danny Ings could have been a good player at Liverpool. Just the damn injuries kept just killing him. Yeah. So hopefully he'll be able to settle in. And I really want to see Danny Ings succeed. Um, and apparently about, you know, now the, uh, you know, for years it was Southampton supplying Liverpool. Now it suddenly seems like it's Liverpool supplying <laughs> Southampton with players. Yeah. Uh, we, we've, we've kind of moved to a different uh, store. Yeah. We're no longer shopping at the uh, <laughs> Southampton Walmart. <laughs> Liverpool, we've kind of started. Uh, we've started shopping back at Harris again. Apparently, <laughs> um, th- this year more in the uh, children's department. Yes. <laughs> but hey, what can you say? Um, but you know, uh, uh, some br- bright point for Southampton. Once again, I think Hassenhutl back this year. I think that could uh, that could really help them. James Ward Prowse mm-hmm. uh, is emerging as a, a, a guy who's going to be an option for England. Um, a, a fantastic set piece guy, which when you're a team who, you know, is playing more at the bottom of the table, you've got to take advantage every time you've got something. And having that guy who's great at set pieces, that's what you need. And James Ward Prowse is that guy, and he's he's somebody who can, uh, you know, he can rescue you points or he can win you matches. Mm-hmm. And you got to figure after last season was somewhat his breakout season that hopefully for him and hopefully for Southampton, he's ready to kind of take that next step and start to, you know, maybe push them back toward the mid table. And, um, you know, hopefully for Ward Krause, that means he'll get his boot to Liverpool. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, just to jump on your, your points real quickly here, um, mentioning about the, the front guys not – really getting it fully done um, from, from the striker position. Nobody on Southampton with double-digit goals over the entire season. Uh, Ings and Ward-Prowse were both the, the joint score, leading scorers with seven goals apiece. Also, no only two players 
appeared in more than 30 matches for the team. And that was Redmond and Hoiberg. So so not a ton of consistency coming coming from this team and shuffling a lot of pieces. And as for uh, Hassenhudel, Hassenhudel, excuse me, um, as you said, he comes in. They had won one match under Mark Hughes um, under his reign, and uh, he comes in in mid-December and wins eight matches the rest of the way, which was obviously enough to keep them up, and that was a big deal. So we'll see what they can do with a full season under his tutelage. Um, so that'll do it for our Premier League grades for now. Next week, uh, we'll be picking a couple teams from the mid-table to talk about. We'll give them all grades, um, but we're going to run really quickly through some of these teams, and then we'll slow down and talk about a few more of them. Um, so that'll be next week on the pod. Um, and I would like to point out that right now, as recording the pod, I am watching my first club match of the 2019-2020 season. That's right, the most important trophy in football, the International Champions Cup. Hell yeah, it's Tottenham Hotspur, defending title holders of the ICC. Title holders, well right now we're watching the great Satan of Tottenham Hotspur, Mm. Arsenal Football Club, taking on those fading giants of German football, Bayern München. Hey, well, uh, that dives us in to news and notes really well, Wes. Wow, Unai Emery really looks like he's about to come out of a casket. <laughs> because uh you mentioned Oh, <laughs> uh, the segue is ruined. As we start news and notes, uh a player who is not part of this international champions cup, at least not right now, is uh Arsenal's captain. Or it was Arsenal's captain, I guess. Lauren Castellani is uh was like, nah guys, I I'm not going. So peace out, dudes. Um, it looks like they're going to now have to get rid of him. There's, um, apparently a couple teams in Le Une who might be, yes, Kat, thank you very much, Mittens. Um, uh, there's a couple teams in, uh, Le Une who might be interested in his services. Um, at 33, I don't totally understand why Arsenal is desperate to keep this injury-plagued man, but I guess... They still kind of want to. I will say, though, that this this probably just makes it certain that he will be out the door. But as as we've messaged a little bit, Wes, over the last week, um, Arsenal trying to build on last season that may have been a little better than, than expected under Unai Emery's first year at the helm. Not off to a good start right now in, in his second year. And this just makes things worse. We've heard a lot more from the Cronky family in the last week than we've heard in years, really. Shocking. Um, Who knew that's what it took? Yeah, Stan Cronky's son uh, is on record of making the, the, uh, you know, the things people are so just worked up about. They don't have any money to spend this summer. Well, as he said, he said, uh, I've got a Europa League squad on Champions League wages. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Thank you, blonde Ozil. Yeah, thanks, Mesut Ozil. And your fucking Nazi blonde hair. <laughs> he just well, can't help himself. God almighty, man. Apparently he lost a bet to Lacazette. 
buddy, I will not have paid up on that bet for shit. Yeah. This guy looks like a freaking... He looks like Justin Bieber laying on a meth bed. It's like, how about I just take a picture of my dick and put it on the internet? That's better, right? That's, that's oh got to be better than this. Jesus. His dick has got to look better than his blonde head does at this point. I mean, it, I mean it's like you're mesodosal. Okay, you're already completely annihilated on a basis by everyone because you're so vastly overpaid and underperforming. And now it's like... <laughs> can I do? Maybe I can work harder. Maybe I can learn to track back. Mm. No. I'm going to peroxide blonde bleach my hair and make myself a bigger laughing stop than I already am. God, and we're going to continue to collect this gigantic paycheck and hamstring my entire club. <laughs> but of course, that's Arsenal's fault for giving that money. We've been railing on that since the moment they did it. It's true. So, so uh, yeah, Arsenal. You, Arsenal. <laughs> I'm I'm worried that we're gonna make so much fun of Arsenal and they're gonna come out really hot and we're gonna feel really stupid. I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think that we're gonna have that issue. But it, it does worry me slightly. So we'll we'll see what happens in the Lauren Kishelny saga. We'll we'll see what happens and get to see who's gonna be Arsenal's new captain. I guess. Um, definitely though, an actual good move. Um, and again, a bit of we mentioned this earlier in the summer, but a bit of a gazumping from what we thought was going to happen. Uh, Matias De Ligt is not going to Barcelona. It is now officially confirmed. He will be going to Juventus. And uh, Wes, in a, in a summer that is um, not going well so far for, for what has become an aging Barcelona squad, if you can call it that, um, this is a big, big, big get for Juventus. And then obviously a team that while they have a stranglehold right now on Syria, they are still trying so hard to get back to claiming that Champions League trophy, and this is a fantastic signing for them. I'll tell you the thing right now with Juventus. Now, obviously, Delict is a signing for a long time, not just the short term. Oh yes. Juventus are writing checks right now that they better cash in very soon mm-hmm. because they are paying a lot of guys a lot of money and basically they don't have to be paying all that money just to win Serie A right uh, obviously you don't bring in Cristiano Ronaldo just start at the top you don't bring in Cristiano Ronaldo unless your goal is to win the Champions League mm-hmm um, and you know we're not we're not going to do grades this year for the Italian league. No. But if we were, you know, Juventus, Juventus grade would be down considerably because they didn't win the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, they have spent a lot of money. Yeah. And yeah. You can say, well, you know, hey, they get free transfers. You know what? The, when you really start looking at things, free transfers almost end up costing you more in the long run. Yeah. Than you know paying the you know than paying the big transfer fees because you end up paying the player a lot more money you end up paying the um, the agent a lot more money and they've gotten two in this summer in Rabio and Aaron Ramsey mm-hmm. uh, they got Emery Chan a season ago they've yeah. been they've been really shrewd I guess you could say on the uh, on the free agent market which isn't something that's really taken advantage of that much in the football world. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I mean, they have put themselves in a position where 
you know, they've got these talent, they've got this talented, very expensive squad, and now they've got to live up to expectations. They've got to live up to where this squad is right now. Um, and anyway, to get back to Delig, which is a story, I mean, he, he was the crown jewel of this offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, strangely, he may not end up being the most expensive yeah. player <laughs> that goes this summer, uh, just because United, United going United. Yeah. It looks like we'll see when that happens. Um, but uh, DeLitt was definitely the crown jewel of the offseason. And for Juventus, it will be a huge get because, once again, that's a guy that you're figuring is going to be at the center of your defense for the next decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he does develop and becomes that rock, then that will that money will go down somewhat like Liverpool paying big for Virgil van Dijk. Mm-hmm. Um at the end of the day, if he's worth it, he's worth it. And for a, a fee similar to what Liverpool got Van Dyke for, that should be worth it for Delict if he turns out to be that kind of player. It, it'll be like Van Dyke where shit, he's worth double. <laughs> so not maybe not what United's gonna do where it's like, you paid what for who? Oh boy. Are you mad? Oh boy. But he's British. <laughs> oh, of course it's Oh, well, I, I just I cannot wait for that to actually happen because oh my it's gonna be very exciting, Wes. Um, and something else to make Wes excited. Maybe you know from one great defender to another, putting that in air quotes for the for the listeners at home. Um, Everton signed Man City's Fabian Delph. Ten point six million dollars. What a! This is this feels like the most Everton signing of all time to take a guy who was like barely important to Manchester City and and try to make him now an important part of your midfield. And of course, you know it's kind of interesting with Aston Villa jumping back up into the Premier League and 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 Fabian going now to Everton. I can't wait to see how the crowded Aston Villa treats him when uh, when Everton comes to town. So that'll be. That'll be super fun, um, but this is this feels like such a nothing signing. I mean, I guess it's not that much money in the grand scheme of things anymore, but it's just it's such a whatever signing for Everton. Yeah, we were talking about. I jokingly said earlier that Liverpool no longer shop at the Southampton Walmart. <laughs> um, Everton have made literally a club out of the last decade plus. Of shopping at just the Manchester Walmart, and <laughs> uh, not even a Manchester Walmart. They shop at Manchester Big Lots. <laughs> um, I mean, they. God, it's like if there's ever a player from City or United who is no longer figured into those clubs' plans and nobody else wants him, mm-hmm. there is such a good chance that guy's going to end up at Everton. It's not funny. Oh yeah. I mean, if you look down the roster over the last decade, they love going for these former bank players, um, which in all truth just makes it even sweeter when we beat them <laughs> because you brought in all the banks and it just, the shit continues to pile up at Everton. Still can't uh, get a win though. I mean, you've got to figure with Everton that I don't, I don't think it's been a great offseason for Everton by any means. Mm-hmm. 
uh, still time to do some things, but you know, last year that money got pumped in from the new ownership. And oh yeah. They didn't exactly spend it very frugally or very <laughs> well. So it seems like it's been backed off this year, and now we've got maybe in Delph. Yay. Please but get hey, excited. he's got multiple Premier League uh, medals. It's true. That, so he's a winner. That, hey, you can't you can't I mean, buy those. Years ago, I mean, he was what he played right back for him a few years ago, and I mean, he was pretty good at that. But he was fine. Really, kind of regressed this past season. So yeah. Hence, well, hence the cut rate deal. Speaking, why do you set me up like this? Speaking of right backs that may have regressed in the last year, Atletico Madrid have signed Tottenham's Kieran Trippier. Um, I'll let you have most of this. This is a very personal one for you. Um, this is this is a very interesting signing. A man that was the the sort of darling. Yes, hi, cat. Sort of the darling of of England during their World Cup run last uh, back in 2018. Um, had been doing some good things. For Spurs taking over for Kyle Walker after he left for Manchester City. Um, Kieran Trippier really came in and, and made an impact. But unfortunately, uh, over the last year, just due to injuries and just some, I think, just actually defensive regression, um, just couldn't have that big of an impact. Um, it does look like Tottenham are going to be going in a different direction, whether it's Serge Aurier or Kyle Walker-Peters, or someone else coming in. Um, it didn't look like there was much of a spot left for Trippier. So, unfortunately, uh, Kieran Trippier will be moving on to Atletico Madrid. Um, and a uh, very interesting offseason so far for Spurs. Hey, we bought people. Now we sold someone. And, uh, hey, we'll, uh, we'll see where things go from here. There's still a lot of, lot of rumors out there, and... We all know how I feel about rumors. So, um, but anyway, a, a good servant for a couple years uh, came over from Burnley um, and was a good buy at the time. So I think a good bit of business for Tottenham to go ahead and sell him now while his price is still somewhat good, and to uh, just not let him go to another Premier League club, but just ship him off to Spain, where hopefully we definitely don't run into him in the Champions League. So. Um. Yeah. I mean, you know. <sighs> The price probably ended up being pretty good, somewhat based off maybe his World Cup performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that that's a good thing, I guess. Um, I mean for Tottenham, I just I think they can do better than Trippier. Uh, yeah. I think he was a good servant. I think he did some good things for the club. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. But I think for Tottenham to take that step they want to take next, I don't think Aaron Trippier at this point of his career is good enough to um, to be in the first 11 of a team who wants to win the Premier League and win the Sure. I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, and now, this this is one you're going to have to help me out with here, Wes, because um, this one sort of came out of nowhere for me, um, and so it's with a player I'm not all too familiar with, so I hope maybe you are a little bit. Um, Sebastian Haller becomes West Ham's record-breaking transfer. He will be coming over from Eintracht Frankfurt out of the Bundesliga for about 50 million euros to West Ham. Um, West Ham breaking the bank for him. So is there uh, is there anything you can tell us? Shine a little spotlight on Mr. Holler coming over from Germany. Uh, Sebastian Holler, 25-year-old Frenchman. Um, 
Eintracht Fromm for the last couple seasons scored 33 goals for him. You know, he's he's a good he's a good striker. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not the elite striker. Of course, that's why he's playing for. <laughs> that's why he went to West Ham. Um, Luka Jovic, who of course signed for Real Madrid earlier in the window, uh, was the real standout um, uh, of that team last year. But he and Holler, I mean, that they were a real combination. You look at West Ham, West Ham desperately were in need of a striker. Um, they lost, uh, I believe, Lucas Perez. <coughs> Excuse me. They lost Lucas Perez and Dunkin'. Uh, himself Andy Carroll this summer mercifully mm-hmm. lost Andy Carroll so so basically they were left with Chicharito as like their only striker yeah they also lost uh, Marco Arnautovic who went to right, China yeah. right. and this is pretty much like a direct replacement for Arnautovic yeah. um, he's a good age he's got a good pedigree he was good in the Europa League which I mean that's the level that right now West Ham are trying to get to Absolutely. Or potentially get themselves into the Europa League and kind of take that next step hopefully move up the table some in the Premier League. So for Holler, I mean, anything can happen at the end of the day. But I think it's a um, I think it's a good uh, I think it's a good signing for him. Um, it does show some ambition. They go, oh, they spent forty five million pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's you know, sure that's a chump change for uh, if you're in Manchester. Um, <laughs> but you know, for uh, I mean, that's that's more expensive than um, Fabinho was for Liverpool. Yeah, and I, I will also say, just you know, reading up a little bit about this, it seems like Holler didn't want to go necessarily to a team that wasn't in the Champions League. So I'm sure West Ham had to pay a little more than, than maybe was required to get his services for that. Sure, and I mean, you know, they had... Uh... West Ham had thought they were in a good position to maybe get Celta Vigo's Maxi Gomez, a very uh, a very exciting young striker out of Spain. Um, and they, at the last minute, they just they didn't get him. Um, it happens. But I think for them to go in and get a guy like Sebastian Holler, mm-hmm. uh, I think that is a I think that's a good pickup for West Ham. Um, I think West Ham have done some pretty good business here the last few uh, the last few transfer windows i think they you know they've got the they've got a manager in place in pellegrini who you know for west ham that's about as good as you're gonna do at this point you know the guys i mean he's won he's won the premier league you know he's been to the quarterfinals of the champions league the the man knows what he's doing he's not a bad manager at all and you've got to go out you got to get him some weapons Mm -hmm. i think um I think they've done a pretty good job to try to improve themselves, and I, I would still assume West Ham have some more business to do this summer. But I mean, if I was a Hammers fan, thank God I'm not. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I would be excited about going to my Olympic Stadium. Which did you know they had the Olympic Stadium? What? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know if you heard that or not. Never uh, heard that. But you know, I'd be excited to go to that Olympic Stadium and uh, and see hopefully the next evolution. Of, uh, of West Ham. Here you go. Well, um, our last story tonight. Um, hey, it's a, it's a feel good story. It's a feel good story. You know what? We we've given we've given Mike Ashley a lot of shit on this show. But you know what? Yeah, you know he he lost Rafa Benitez. 
And and you know what he said? You know, guys, I got I got to do right by this club. I got to go out and find the best manager available who is going to lead Newcastle into the top half of the table and beyond. Get up into one of those Europa spots. Challenge for the top four. And he settles on Steve Bruce. Newcastle have signed Steve Bruce to a three-year contract after he left Sheffield Wednesday. Steve <sighs> Bruce. I can't believe this. Uh, oh no, I mean, at the end of the day, this is the most Newcastle. That's true. Possible. That's fair. I mean, let's put it this way. They were turned down by Sam Allard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Steve Bruce. I mean, we know about Steve Bruce by now. The guy's a Manchester United um, has shit the bed in multiple decent oh, yeah. sized clubs yeah. over the years. Um, has been out of the Premier League for a while now. Let's take a quick look at uh, the Steve Bruce uh, managerial career. Uh, Birmingham, Wigan, Sutherland, Hull, Aston Villa, Sheffield, Sheffield fucking Wednesday. Uh, he got that job back in January. Um, 392 uh, matches he's been in charge of a club. 110 wins, 109 draws, 173 losses. If that doesn't spell Newcastle, I don't know what does. His best ever stint was with Crystal Palace. He was there from May to November. <laughs> he coached 18 matches. <sighs> he won 11. He was 11. Hey. Wait, then why did um, he leave? Uh, went to Birmingham. Oh, well, yeah. Who the hell knows? <laughs> uh, where he was 170 and 100. <laughs> oh, Man. I mean, he didn't, you know, he didn't do bad at Sheffield Wednesday. Seven wins, three losses to eight draws. Uh, yeah, we remember at Aston Villa, he was nothing special at Aston Villa. I mean, it's just, we talk about the retreads. Mm-hmm. And this is such a retread. But the problem is it's Steve Bruce, and he's like, pretty much like a garbage retread. I mean, once again, Sam Allardyce, at least Sam Allardyce, you know what you're getting. You know, you know you're going to be solid. But the thing is, you know, to me, I'll leave it to my new team for a second. You're past that. You should be past that. You're coming off of Rafa fucking Benitez here. Yup. Of course, the you know when Liverpool replaced Rafa Benitez, they did with Roy Hodgson. So. I don't know, man. Teams just, after Rafa leaves, it's like, what the fuck do we do now? Let's go hire somebody who completely sucks ass. Oh, man. Oh, man. To me, Newcastle have, um, at this moment, and apparently there's, Steve Bruce is going to be given 90 to 100 million pounds to go spend in the transfer market. Oh, man. Sure. Oh, my God. This is going to, this, this, I feel so bad for fans of Newcastle United who are great fans. They have a great ground. They have a historic club. And just when it looks like things could be turning, you know what? 
it six weeks ago we were talking Middle Eastern take. <laughs> we were talking Newcastle are going to be the next group to try to fight their way into that big six. Yeah. And six weeks later, they hire Steve fucking Bruce. <sighs> yeah. Sorry, Newcastle. Yeah. I, I really, I kind of like you guys. I mean, I, I like you. Mm-hmm. And then you go and do this. No, they didn't. Mike Ashley did this. It's the opposite of Dumb and Dumber. You know, Dumb and Dumber just... <laughs> any dumber. You go and do something like this and totally redeem yourself. Yeah. No. No. Mike Ashley, just when I thought you couldn't get any dumber, you proved me wrong. Oh, man. Wow. Sell that damn club. Those people deserve better. There you go. There could you. be worse. It could be something <laughs> yeah, it's true, I guess. Oh, well, so let's hit the watch for. What are you watching in the week that was the week that will be? Maybe you can give a good uh, recommendation to some Newcastle fans who need something better to watch. I've been watching Aces of Shield. Oh, yeah, how are you liking it? Yeah, I got through season one. It was a good season. Uh, uh, like you said, it really got going late on. You like that um, twist? I did not to rehash too much for you folks because I mean this is kind of an older show at this point. <laughs> yeah. um, not to rehash too much, but uh, you can kind of tell that, that it's like about part way through the season. Mm-hmm. It's like they decided, hey, you know what? Instead of kind of having our own independent story stuff over here, mm-hmm. we're going to keep this, but also we're going to tie this shit in with the movie. Yeah. And it's like, it totally kind of started moving in a different direction. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing, you know, if they keep going on it, I'm down with it. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm guessing they will. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, um, it, it's been a fun show. Like I said, I'm into season two now. Uh, poor Fitz. Poor Fitz oh, Simmons gets put through the ringer in this show. Oh, my goodness. Um, didn't know that i i i could have figured it out when half the world's population didn't die spontaneously oh well he doesn't know about that part yet well, yeah. i'm sure he'll really tell me how unreal oh, yeah. <laughs> i don't know anybody who got snapped this ain't realistic you know, at this all didn't really happen. <laughs> Thank you. this ain't historically accurate yeah i kind of figured things oh don't you want to go somewhere else and watch something else <laughs> Since like day one, 
He's the best. some Robert Downey Jr. Oh, sh- oh, she hasn't seen Endgame yet, has she? No, no, oh God, no, 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 no. Here's the thing. The, the way this whole thing started, she wanted to see Endgame. Uh-huh. She's like, oh, don't you want to take me to see Endgame? And I'm like, you haven't watched the other one. She's like, well, so can I just watch it? I'm like, absolutely not. Not even close. I'm like, no, God, no, I'm not going to take you to watch a three-hour Endgame with you having what's going on. I'm like, we're starting from the beginning. We're starting with Captain America, the first Avenger. We're going through every Marvel movie. Then... We will watch Endgame. Yes. So as I said, we have gone through uh, we are we're through Civil War. I think we've got eight total left now. Okay. Um. Geez, oh my God! I can't believe we watched so many. Um. Our next one to watch is going to be Doctor Strange. Okay. Which I've already kind of wondered. To me, Doctor Strange is a tough one to get through. It's just um, weird. It is. Now the the first half of it is really good. Yeah. And then like when they get into the battle scenes and they're teleporting everywhere even i can't really figure out what the hell's going on yeah <laughs> but it's like okay but you gotta watch dr strange because he's really important in infinity warning yes it's like just get through it for infinity warning yeah pretty much and um and then after that uh let me let me take a quick look at my uh, my uh imagine you have see. you have still black panther oh yeah. oh well then uh, then i told dr strange and it gets really good yeah. Might because that's going to be Homecoming, Ragnarok, and Infinity War will be the next four after that. It's really good. So, um, and Doctor Strange, like I said, it's not bad. It's just, I, I wasn't I wasn't the comic book nerd, so I don't because mm. he's the Doctor Strange. But I know, once again, I know that he's he's so uber important as we go forward. I'm, I'm very interested to see, just because Marvel origin stories aren't always the best, I'm I'm very interested to see what they can do with him in what I assume will be a sequel that we'll find out about this weekend. So, um, I've heard just on the Marvel base, I've heard that uh, they have greenlit a fourth Thor movie. Oh, now, now uh, is that a is that a and, Thor? And it, will, it, will, it will be the same director from uh, Ragnarok. Is that is that going to be an Asgardians of the Galaxy movie? No, that's something we gotta wait and see because of be like a separate from guardians of the galaxy 3 mm-hmm. okay which you you have to assume he's going to be in guardian 3 yeah i mean the way the way we ended up from Endgame, but um apparently it's it's going to be i cannot say the guy's name who directed taika watiti yeah uh, but apparently he's going to be the one who's going to do uh the fourth Thor movie so uh will it be an as guardians of the galaxy will it could it be as i've seen thrown out there could it be like the return and rebuilding of um, of Asgard? Maybe. Uh, I mean, it, it, there's a lot to go there, and you know, we saw from Watiti that you know he can make a phenomenal. Oh yeah. Ragnarok was great. Hmm? Ragnarok was so good, and really, I think Ragnarok saved the Thor character. Yeah. Thor, I, I, I thought up until Ragnarok, Thor was so much better, like in the ensemble Avenger movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the original Thor was fine. Yeah. It's... Dark World was <sighs> there was one of the shittier of the Marvel movies. Yeah. I must have to say. I mean, it had some important things in it. Oh, they yeah. all got some important things in them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you still have to watch it because of Infinity War. That's why they got... That's why they did it. So you have to go back and watch it. Yeah, for, for Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you know, have to know what 
But at the same time, and I mean, it was the introduction. Yeah. So, but, I mean, at the same time, I was like, oh my god. Yeah. I mean, there's just there have been some movies in this in this little run watching it with the parents where I'm like, okay, listen, I'm just gonna tell you ahead of time, <laughs> this is not a great movie. No. But we must soldier through. And fortunately, the last one I kind of have to say that for is Doctor Strange. And Doctor um, Strange, I don't even think is that bad. All things considered, yeah, but it's, it's not that bad. Like I say, it's just it's weirdly confusing. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's like I told my mom, I was like, well, "You're just gonna have to kind of soldier through yeah, one more." Yeah, Dormammu's and really weird. And now she's been a she's been a trooper for all of them. I think right now the only one that really that enjoyable was Hulk. Oh, you even uh, watched the Hulk movie? I've never even seen the Hulk movies. Yeah, with Edward Norton. Did you do the uh, Eric Bana one too, or just the Edward Norton one? No, just the Edward Norton. One. Okay. Which is that's the direct MCU one. Gotcha. Um, and you know, I, th- I think just big one part of that, I think it would have been at this point if it had been Ruffalo. Yeah. I mean, that's just the biggest thing is you know you have a different actor from going. So um, and it just oh, it just wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, some of those earlier ones were not the thing ever, and Hulk certainly wasn't. Dark World certainly wasn't. But, man, we're about to hit a really good stretch. Well, now here's, so here's a question. Are you going to show her Ant-Man and the Wasp before or after Infinity War? After. Okay. Because you've got to take into account that, uh, you've got to take into account that, uh, that it's almost like a, a flashback. Yeah. Okay. Because of the post credit, because if if she saw that, she wouldn't know what the hell happened to the post credit. Yeah. No. That that, that yeah, would be a very big what the fuck like moment. Captain Marvel, you know, yes, Captain Marvel probably should have watched it as like the second or third movie of the whole series. Potentially, yeah. But it's got that post credit, and at that point, you've got you've got enough um, uh, character familiarization mm-hmm. with everyone else right and the fact that you know we didn't see scott lang in infinity that's true for good reason very notable by his absence so you know that that will fill in well why didn't we see scott yeah so that'll fill in that uh that question and once again after watching infinity war we said it when it came out ant-man and wasp was like the breath of fresh air that we just needed yeah yeah (laughs) Decompress from Infinity War because you can't go straight from Infinity War to Endgame, yeah. or else you'd just be like so damn somber. And sad. Yeah. You gotta have something to laugh in between, and thankfully Scott Lang does that. Yeah, yeah. We really, she really enjoyed Ant Man. So. I think I I think Ant Man is is a nice fun movie and, oh, yeah. and movie series, and that's because of Paul Rudd is amazing. Oh, um, yeah. And Paul Rudd gives it that levity. Yeah. And, Thor turns around and gives you a Oh, Ragnarok's so good. So, and you were kind of missing some Guardians. So. Yeah. So now that we've gone on a Marvel tangent for <laughs> because that's just what we do. And we still haven't broken down Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, Spider-Man Far From Home is so fucking good. Oh, I loved it. Didn't you love it? Uh, so that's did you... Now, here's my question. Did you know Mysterio... Oh, oh, sorry. Spoilers, everyone, for Far From Home here for a minute. It's uh, been out for a few weeks, so, you know, figure you probably should have seen it by now. That's true. Uh, it's Marvel rules at this point. 
Um, did you know Mysterio was the bad guy coming in? No. Okay. Uh, I think, I, I, to me, I kind of picked up just from watching stuff that he was going to be a bad guy because mm. why would you have Jake Gyllenhaal suddenly just introduced like this? Right. Um, and, I mean, just, you know, he was too white bread. He was too good, you know what I mean? Yeah. He was too likable and too good to not have a dark side. Mm-hmm. And everything was just wrapping up too easily. So I figured we were going to have a twist there, but damn it, for once I actually like Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Um, I had the, the somewhat misfortune of knowing who Mysterio kind of is in the comics, and he's very uh-huh. similar. He's basically uh-huh. like an illusionist who does a lot of prop work, and and uh-huh. I think he has some sort of gas that like can do that sort of make people have visions and shit like that. Wizards? Yes. Um, Did they with David Wagner? <laughs> um, so I, I just, I knew going in that there, there was going to be something that was like the twist. I believed the, uh, the, the, uh, the parallel earth thing though. I actually did believe that. I just thought he was going to be like, I'm uh-huh. pissed because I couldn't save my family and so uh, now I want to like rule over this earth instead or whatever. Right. I I didn't real I didn't think that was going to be bullshit, but you know, it is bullshit since Yeah, I mean I mean with that moment it was like it was like this huge like oh my god, you know, we've got the parallel universe moment. And then was, oh yeah, we're just fucking with you. We're acting. Yeah. We're acting and playing with gadgets. <laughs> well, especially cuz he drops he drops the 616 line, which is, in the comics, that's what this Earth is. It is Earth 616, so we're like, wait, oh, 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 this is what we're doing. We're, we're actually doing parallel universes. And it's like, nah, fuck that shit. It's like, nah, we were just screwing these guys. <laughs> so, one person, I did see somebody made a good point, though, that in Endgame, the Ancient One, when she's talking to Banner does talk about timelines and branching, so right. there's maybe a possibility that that sort of thing does exist, just right. not in Spider-Man. So, um, yeah, just, just not at this point, which is what we thought we were getting. Good movie. Um, fuck those end credit scenes. Holy <laughs> shit. You know, I, was, uh, I saw it first, and of course I was texting him, like, I'm not giving you spoilers. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. When 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 they said when when the guy the news guy comes on and it's like we have this video from blah 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 and it comes from when he when the guy said from like noted right wing conspiracy site the Daily Bugle dot com I was like is this gonna be fucking J K Holy shit it's J K Simmons doing J Jonah Jameson again that's insane. Oh my god, I can't believe they got him again. That's that's so awesome. So I was so what was the other one? Now I've forgotten the other one though. Oh um, oh the scrolls Yeah, the scrolls um popping up and, and you know, oh my god, what was great about that was like there were little parts during the movie because you know, you kinda have this feeling sitting there watching it like you know, Maria Hill, I was thrilled to see the Maria Hill character. Yeah, oh yeah. And get a nice little role in it. But, you know, you were like, Maria and Fury, it's almost like they're a little detached. Yeah. 
But it's like, you know, you, well, you don't really think about it that much. But then when you really go back and look at it, you're like, you're a little past. And there was a moment where he was mentioning other Avengers. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, what about Captain Marvel? And Fury said, Fury said, do not. Oh. Basically, to paraphrase, do not utter that name. Yeah. And it was like, wait a minute, why has he got such an issue with. Um, I did think that was really weird, too. But then now you know because it's like, oh, well, it was yeah. the scroll. But why would. So that's what I'm curious about. Why would they be angry at her? They. I, still, I don't think they were so much angry, but it's like. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like we, we know what we get when we do. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, but I just, but then when you look back and now I kind of see a few of these little moments, it's like, now it makes sense because normally Fury and Hill wouldn't react like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, Um, do you know, do you know potentially where Nick Fury is? He's in space somewhere. So there is a very good possibility from what I've read and and from what I kind of know too, that he may be starting a project known as sword um which is basically shield but uh-huh. for extraterrestrial threats and, and shield. yep and it's based on like a spaceship uh that is that's just it's basically sort of like in earth's orbit between earth and the moon um so there is a possibility that that's where Fury is, is he's off. Well, that was where the scroll ship was to start with. Yeah. So it's, it's very possible that he is, he is starting sword to bring us more, more space, space fun right. in the future. Uh, and you look at some of the, uh, mooted, um, projects mm-hmm. coming out. I mean, there's, there's another one, like it's a, it's a space group. The Eternals. It? Yep. Eternal Sun. I mean, you know, that could make sense. I mean, you've, and now, I mean, you've got, you've got the Guardians, you've got, um, got Thor mm-hmm. still, uh, you've got Captain Marvel out there, uh, you've got more of that extraterrestrial group, and now, you know, it's kind of like you said, you know, to Spider-Man, it's like, you've been to space? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, we've kind of broken that we've broken that wall, I guess, between, well, it's just earth and it's just space. You know, we've broken that wall where now, I mean, they're going to, they're going to intermingle more. Yeah. And it's not just earth based issues that shield has to deal with. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, it is obviously intergalactic. So it is, it is going to be crazy. So that is, that's going to be very fun. It's going to be very fun, but yeah, Spider-Man far from home. Um, I saw a few people saying they didn't really like the direction, uh, Peter was going in. Um, I think those people are idiots. Um, I, 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 th- I, I, some people are saying like, oh, well, you know, Peter Parker's the everyman. He's, he's a working class hero and, and he gets stranded in the Netherlands. By the way, I burst out laughing when, when that scene yes. happened. That was yes. great. Oh, I knew you'd enjoy it. I knew you'd enjoy it. Virgil Van Dyke, I was gonna just oh, so great. Um, but some people are saying, so he's like, okay, so he gets stuck in the Netherlands, and what does he do? He calls his rich friend Happy to come save him. And I'm like, 
but but that gets built up over two movies plus. Like there's there is a relationship there, and and we've we've established that Peter built his suit and his webbing like on his own, so he's very intelligent. Like exactly. it's it's not like yes, and 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 there's this whole through line of of Tony kind of being a father figure and a mentor and trying to I mean part of a big part of the first movie Spider-Man movie was uh Tony seeing in Peter things he didn't like about himself and him not wanting to be that and trying to put him on the right course and seeing hey this kid's got a gift and a, and a great mind and a great willingness to help people let me see if I can direct that into a good path and that's why he leaves him the glasses. It's why he he has Happy looking over him and potentially banging Aunt May. Um, it's <laughs> it's it's all that. So I because I, I saw somebody was like, oh, now he's a tech bro. I'm like, he's not a tech bro. He's just very intelligent, and he's he got you know this guy to give him a suit, but that doesn't change who he is. He's still friends with Ned. Like that's that that doesn't change by the end of the movie. Ned and he are still friends. He and um, MJ are get super close. So I don't know. I, I I don't agree with that idea whatsoever. I thought I I really like Peter Parker. I really like Tom Holland though. So I, I, I like Tom Holland. He's he's very very he's, good. He's, he's grown on me. Oh, so much. Um, anything else you want to mention about Spider Man right now? Yeah. He's been exposed. I, that just, that part just absolutely blew me away. Yeah, I didn't think they were going to you know, go there. I, I, thought, I thought we were going to get to where, you know, okay, it made, it made Spider-Man look like a bad guy, and Mysterio kind of look like a murderer. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, they're going to leave us with that. But, you know, so how's Peter going to deal with that, you know, with Spider-Man being hated? But now it's like, oh, and now they know it's Peter Parker. Yeah. Shit. I mean, that's what really kicked that right over the edge was... Oh, and by the way, here's your Spider-Man. Yeah. That's rough. Oh, my goodness. Uh, So, uh, yeah. I mean, that's obviously going to have to go somewhere. Oh, yeah. So, um... San Diego Comic-Con is this weekend. Uh, There (gasps) is a Marvel panel there. The only person that's confirmed to be there is the the main guy, Kevin Feige. So, who knows who else will show up. Um... (laughs) Um, I'm sure we will be finding out a lot more because we don't really know what the next movie is. We know there are sequels coming out, but we don't, as far as I, I don't know what the next movie is in line. So we'll, we'll just have to see. And I'm sure this weekend will be very, very exciting for those in attendance. I mean, I guess the biggest, possibly the next one release is going to be the Black Widow origin story. Possibly. Yeah. Depending on when they shot it. Um, if they have shot, yeah. You know, that's, that's just going to be interesting. I mean, with obviously her demise. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 don't get me wrong, it's cool to get a an origin story. But, like, what else is it going to lead to? Um, <sighs> to me, not to go too far off on that team. Sure. Um, to me, you know, just rewatching Civil War the other night, mm-hmm. I caught a little moment that I had not caught before where she had 
when Winter Soldier had said, you don't remember me? Oh. When, uh, when, was that actually in Winter Soldier? I can't remember which one of the, I think it was this, where, uh, I can't remember. It was one of these that I've seen recently where she looked at Winter like, you don't recognize me? You don't remember me? And obviously we know she was KGB, so there there was a relationship there. Interesting. So I would I would almost have to figure if we're doing an origin story on her that we're going to see some fashion stuff. Mm. We're going to see, we're going to get some more background on the Winter Soldier program. Yummy Sebastian Stan. Love Sebastian Stan. You know Winter Soldier is like basically my favorite. Oh yeah. Um, I'm a huge fucking Winter Soldier fan, bro. When uh when you said uh, about Black Widow's demise, I just thought about that opening part of Far From Home though, when there's that super shitty slideshow of the people that died in in Endgame. I was just like, are we really doing this? Oh, uh, those those those. Remind me so much of WHIG, those those classroom news moments from the two Spider-Man movies. Yeah. It's so bad. That's why I said it hurt my soul to watch it because it's so cringe, but it feels so, so close to me. So close to me. Oh yeah, no, they play. It's perfect. It's exactly what it should be. But I feel it on another level than oh, oh god, oh no. Oh, it's great. It's a great movie. Go watch Far From Home. Um, speaking of great things, Wes Bradshaw, something good happened with wrestling recently. Didn't you get to go watch some wrestling? Oh, oh shit, then I totally misunderstood your post. Whoops. Oh, what did you go to Greensboro for? Oh, I didn't go to Greensboro. Callie went to Greensboro to JoJo Siwa. Oh. So I totally totally misunderstood the post. Nope. Joelle Joni jo- Jojo Siwa. Yes. Okay, you. Just, all I have to say is. Look. <sighs> different you, uh. You really like read this. You you go through so Elite Raw. I'm gonna read this Wikipedia page. Yeah, folks, I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm, I'm 95% out of the product right now. <laughs> it is just, it is not tickling me fancy. I will give it up to WWE for up here and there starting to maybe try to turn back toward a TV-14 product, which could reinvigorate my interest uh, because we can get out of some of this white bread, stale bullshit that they've been doing over the last few years. Um, but then, you know, just when you think, well, maybe we're turning... No, Brock Lesnar wins the... <laughs> ...extreme uh, uh, rolls this weekend. <sighs> okay. Can live with Brock having it, but you've got to give me something coming up. You've got to give me a Rollins Brock match, and I believe that's what we're going to get at SummerSlam. Rollins turn around with a battle, so he will get the title shot at SummerSlam. So I'm 
guessing it's going to be Rollins Brock, which should be actually super freaking cool. Um, and if you let Rollins get that win over Brock Lesnar, so yeah, we'll look forward to that. Um, uh, Bray Wyatt made his. Um, it came out attacked Finn Balor. He's been doing some really interesting stuff in the vignettes mm. with um, this. Uh, it's been almost like a, a really creepy, like children's show thing that he's been doing. <clears throat> hmm. um, and, and that's kind of come to fruition. So we'll see what happens there. But that's been that's been neat. That's been interesting. Um, seems like there's something else. Oh yeah, they're having a uh, back a lot of the old guys is coming up Monday on Raw. Uh, apparently, Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels all supposed to be there Monday night. So, I mean, huh. it doesn't get much bigger than Steve Austin and Hulk Hogan in an arena together. Uh, we haven't seen Hulk ever since he uttered the infamous line that he uttered oh. in that interview. So, apparently, his purgatory is coming to an end. Um, Kevin Owens is doing some cool things, fighting shame. And, man, he's been dropping Stone Cold Stunners recently. Ooh. Okay. Cool. Like Kevin Owens. Stone Cold Stunners. Doing good stuff here. So, um, I'll ask that, folks. I'm keeping an eye on it until uh, we're probably going to get a September or October premiere for AEW on TNT. At that point, I might kind of be jumping back in just to see what the product's offering me at that time. Schmackdown. But I hate to say it, but it's kind of all I got for you at the moment. So, uh, don't hate me. Check out your wrestling. I'm not saying don't watch it. I'm just saying at the moment, they're not really capturing me. They're not getting all my love at the moment like they have. <laughs> so there you go, solely wrong. And Ed now knows about JoJo. <sighs> it's worse, worse than you'd think, but better than you'd imagine. That's what I'm going to go That's actually kind of, um, you know, she's not the absolute. I mean, it's not the most cringe-inducing music of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to understand that it's, like, marketed toward my kid, which I have a seven-year-old daughter. Right. It's definitely marketed toward her age demographic, mm-hmm. and according to my ex-wife. Um, it was the line of a thousand bows last night. <laughs> um, and, I mean, there were just... It was, like, 9,000 people at this concert, and probably 6,000 of them were... 10-year-old and younger girls. Sure. So, I mean, the girl has a market. It's kind of like I told someone, I'm fine with it. It's not my music I care for, but I'm fine with it as long as this girl in the next year or so doesn't drop a sex tape or I see a video of her doing blow in a lawsuit. That's fair. If you stay away from that, JoJo, I got no issues. There you go. Apparently she she caused a bit of an uproar in the United Kingdom with those bows. Those bows are something that I'm not gonna lie to you. There you there you go. So hey, this show is also something. So thanks for sticking around, listening to us gab about you know whatever the hell we feel like for most nights. We kind of did a little more than we thought we were. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we went a little a little more in depth on our bottom five. Yeah. You know, we kind of have an impromptu uh, Marvel hype. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't planned. We weren't really planned. I really didn't. 
Uh, just it just happened. That's that's how you know how much we actually love it. That we will just spontaneously spend fifteen minutes talking about Marvel because we love them. they're great movies. Um, for, except for Dark World, that not so much. Uh, uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna see that, and then um, what's that other movie called? I've been wanting to see it forever. It's it's gonna be an Oscar award winner about the uh, alligators. Florida <laughs> the oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Crawl. Yeah. Crawl, that's it. Yeah, I can I can just see this movie sweeping award season. Absolutely. What what better thing than alligators eating people? It's gonna be great. Category five: Hurricanes, Florida, and alligators. I mean, what? Nothing goes together quite like that. It's just like a lamb and... It's basically... <laughs> Maybe as you'll say spaghetti and the meatball. It's basically a documentary. Oh my god, I can't wait. I've been waiting months to do this movie. I just hope it's still there. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I hope it makes it more than two weeks. Oh man. We'll see. So uh, anyway, thank you for joining us here for episode 271. As always, want to give a shout to our presenters including NGSC Sports, Alicia's Pills and Things, Cool Eye Cover, and the Ultimate Sports Channel. You can find them on the social media, as well as us on Twitter as a collective. We are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are? I'm at Wes Bradshaw21. I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show. You can email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Um, thanks to our podcast providers, including Podbean.com, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Play Music, and the iTunes Music Store. Um, so we'll be back next week for episode 272. We'll talk about that mid-table. It'll be our mid-table season and review show. It'll be great. Uh, we'll, of course, talk about the most important tournament in the summer, the International Champions Cup. We'll definitely talk about that i'm sure uh, and uh, any more big transfer news because there's i'm sure some big transfer news coming uh, as we get closer and closer to deadline day for the summer um so with that wes anything else to add before we get out of here i mean Ed, uh, how could i go through an entire podcast and not think to mention that the now six time champions <laughs> of europe we almost made all it american soil right now and as i as we mm-hmm. Jurgen Klopp is within a thousand miles of me. Oh my god. I mean, God, how could I almost forget this? Uh, Liverpool are on their American. Um, they were deemed not good enough for it, apparently. Um, <laughs> not a big enough draw, maybe. Uh, no, they were playing three matches, though, um, in uh, historic stadiums. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting historic stadium tour. Uh, this Friday, they're taking on Borussia Dortmund in, uh, in South Bend, Indiana. Mm hmm. At Rockney Stadium uh, on the campus of Notre Dame. That'll be uh, Next week, they will play a pair of matches. Uh, they play Sofia in, at Fenway Park. And then they play uh, uh, Sporting Lisbon at Yankee Stadium. Hmm. I think. Or I might have those two backwards. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but Liverpool are going to play three uh, friendlies, uh, three. Yeah, basically three friendlies. Mm-hmm. No cups. No cups on the line <laughs> until that big one, the community shield. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's right, folks. Liverpool are in America. And I'm going to sleep so well knowing that me and Jurgen are dreaming under the same moon. Dreaming <laughs> of red glory. 
Because, I mean, yeah, as I had to uh, recently, Liverpool became the champion. I know. It's like, uh, it's like Andy once said, you know, babe, when, when you look up at night and see the moon, know that I, too, am also looking up. Not, not at the same moon. That's impossible. <laughs> I love you, Chris Pratt. I love you so much. Oh, so, so for my calling crime, Wes Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Afford Affair podcast. Were you snapping to get my attention or just... No, I was snapping at the dog to get his... Fair enough. Thanks for joining us on the Afford Affair podcast, everybody. We'll catch you guys next week. Stay safe and enjoy the football. And good night, South Bend. Oh, Jurgen is in your town. So, uh, I actually, in one of the other Discord servers I'm in, um, I, I was just browsing through chat one day, and somebody was like, yeah, I, I can get tickets for this soccer match that's nearby me. Uh, Our new sponsor at NGSC Sports is Cool Eye Cover, and as you can imagine, we are talking sunglasses. The perfect time for our sponsor is summer, as we all need those sunglasses. Our sponsor even has a great deal as an NGSC Sports partner. If you email esgmarketingsolutions at gmail.com, they will give you a 50% discount on your first pair of sunglasses. Visit www.cooleyecover.com and choose your glasses to receive the discount and email esgmarketingsolutions at gmail.com for the discount coupon. We thank Cool Eye Cover for joining NGSC Sports as our new sponsor. This show is sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.